0: Hello and welcome to Media MD, the podcast where every fortnight we prescribe each other a piece of media that we have somehow missed. I am Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Diebold. And this fortnight we actually are doing something a little bit different. Uh, We have a special guest with us who is James McAnesby from the Ecumenical Matters The Father Ted podcast. Hi guys, how are you? Alright. Good, good. Um, So you're here to talk to us about a piece of media that we have somehow missed father
1: ted yeah that's right uh i don't know how you've got this far in life without having <laughs> ever experienced father ted especially in australia
0: yeah so as as our, our listeners may be noticing there is a bit of um accent difference here maybe it's a bit of a british thing i mean um you were talking to me a bit about it before graham linehan the uh, uh yeah so
1: he's uh this was pretty much their first uh the first major comedy breakthrough uh graham linehan and arthur matthews the show ran from 1995 to 1998, but the Graham Hinn went on to do Black Books after this, and then the IT crowd after that. And he's, uh, you know, he's still working in theater and in TV shows and everything. Uh, but he's probably, probably my favorite writer. So, I mean, this is, this is where they really sort of nailed it on the head. Uh, yeah. so I'll, I'll have fun chatting to you about it in a second. So I have heard of. I can't speak for Elliot, but I've
0: definitely heard of and seen all of the IT Crowd like a bunch of times. It's like one of those iconic kind of British yeah. comedies, and Black Books I've gotten some experience with as well. Yeah, I've I've definitely I've seen
2: Black Books and the IT Crowd, and I think like Father Ted may have been on a bit when I was when I was younger. I think it's one of those it gets aired on the ABC here in Australia every now and then, but I haven't really I haven't really seen it before.
1: Uh, well, as you say, I mean IT Crowd got more much more mainstream success. Uh, both here and in well, probably in Australia, but also in America, definitely. Uh, and black books again—it it was sort of a bit more mainstream than Father's Head. Uh, Haven't said that though. If um, in Ireland, it's, it's you know, it's, it's part of the Irish historical canon at this point. You know, it's you—you um, <laughs> you go anywhere uh, in Ireland, and you'll, within about half an hour, you'll see some reference to Father's Head on a street sign or something. <laughs> uh, It's—it it's, really is just huge over here. I had no idea.
0: I I got a question for you, and I feel like the fact that you host a Father Ted podcast might be a bit of a spoiler to the answer of this question. (laughs) So you would say that Father Ted is the best of the shows that he's done? Uh,
1: Yeah, I would actually say that Father Ted is probably the best sitcom of all time, and I I don't say that lightly or don't say that as a fanboy thing. Um, It 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 has hit so many you know cultural touchstones and it's hit so many comedic touchstones Um and it's it's gone through the generations like it's as i said it went from 95 to 98 so it's over um it's over 20 years old now but people are still watching it in their droves um you know i do um as well as host podcast i also do a, a sort of imp, uh, improv tribute show to Featherhead, head and it sells out in months in advance oh, wow. um, you know in pretty big venues like it it uh and everyone, you know, will know the characters, they'll be able to know the lines for you. Uh I just uh, I just finished the top five episodes um to wrap up my podcast there last week and uh the response has been absolutely huge 'cause people just want to know which episode other people think is a favourite.
0: Yeah. Wow, okay. So there must there definitely has to be some kind of cultural thing that we've missed, Elliot, because I hadn't heard of Father Ted until I started talking to you, James, like
1: to Really? Me. Right, okay. It seems like it's this huge touchstone.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so why don't we the characters that everyone seems to know and love? Why don't we talk about what the show's about?
1: Uh, yeah, so it's basically it's three uh, priests are sequestered on an island off the west coast of Ireland. Sorry, that's probably a bit confusing, but uh, they're they're, just, they're basically sent there because they're you know they're, they're banished. They're trying to keep them out of mainstream sort of uh, the mainstream Catholic Church. Uh, so one of them is a, a decrepit old you know pervert, basically uh, an alcoholic wreck. Uh, that's Father Jack, and he's the one that shouts big, you know, big, loud noises. And, uh, you know, he's just a very, very uh, a comedic character in a very big sense. Uh, the main character, Father Ted, is sort of the more sensible of the three. And he's sort uh, of middle-aged man. He's He's got undisclosed financial difficulties prior to the show. That's why he's on the island. Uh, and then the third priest is just a really dim-witted, uh, he's, in, he's in his early 20s, just really, really dim-witted. And uh, a bit of a man-child, so obviously he can uh, he can be you know conducting conducting weddings and funerals on the mainland. So they stuck him out in the island as well. Uh, so it was a great sort of setup for these um, three priests on an island, which is a funny instance in itself. But of course, uh, they can do whatever they want with the island. Then the islands were just populated with weirdos and freaks, mm-hmm. and uh, just a completely sort of separate parallel universe to the rest of the world.
0: Okay, so it sounds like you would say the strength of Father Ted is. These kind of unique quirky characters interacting with each other uh
1: probably yeah, yeah, and and the the the, the wit of the writing as well, I mean, uh in the late nineties when this came out, Ireland was um was sort of emerging from being a very very conservative Catholic country, and uh mm. Father Ted came along and just sort of pierced all the reverence that went along with priests and everything, and uh this it came along and it sort of made priests more human, if you want. Uh, by just making them funnier. They had to sort of be careful how they trod, and obviously there was also this thing of the pedophile priest uh, mm. scandal that was coming up. But they also had, they didn't really ignore but they didn't hit right on the head, but they had it uh, sort of on the nose with the, uh, with the writing and everything. The writing was very yeah. sharp, it was very satirical.
0: I'm curious now that you've been talking about it and talking about how it kind of came at the perfect cultural place and time in history, especially as Ireland was emerging from this kind of um, Catholic era, I wonder if any of the any of that cultural impact is going to be lost on us simply because we are Australians so divorced from that perspective.
1: Uh, no, it's it's a good question actually. Um, it I don't think it would be. Um, I think more if we find any difficulty with it, it'd be more the um, more the style of comedy, which can be very, uh, it can be quite surreal in parts, uh, which a lot of people outside of uh, well people who have tried to introduce it to don't really pick up on is, is the surreal element to it. Like it's very down and dirty, sort of gritty. Not gritty, really, that's the wrong word. Uh, <laughs> a, a grubby show, yeah. if you want. Uh, so, I don't know how, how, what I could use to sort of give you a, a sort of cultural touchstone, but you know, there are, it's, it's hugely popular in England where none of that was, um, none of that was a uh, sort of issue for them. Like, uh, English friends of mine don't get some of the jokes, but they can still jump in with a really surreal, really off the wall, the big characters, uh, yeah. you know, the clever writing and just the general wit of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely sounds like it has a pretty good pedigree behind it. Um, it's hopefully I think I mean, having enjoyed Graham Linehan's other shows, I'm assuming that the style of comedy will be quite consistent there.
1: Yeah, it would be. Yeah, uh, again, it's the um, he seems to write very surreally, uh, and this yeah. is sort of cranked up to cranked up to ten compared to what came after. Um, I mean, I remember when Nighty first came out, thinking this doesn't feel like what i was expecting because I was expecting mm-hmm. a Father Ted. So that might be a bit illustrative, but IT crowd still has very, um, sort of surreal moments as in, you know, Moss <laughs> is a very exaggerated character. Yeah. Uh, and, so uh,
0: the Goth, I've forgotten his name. His, oh, yes. Daughter, I, I think know. is a vampire.
1: Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so those kind of misunderstandings and, um, you know, uh, the big characters that are sort of maybe just a wee bit extra from the sort of stereotype. Uh, so as I said, mm. so Moss is a very, is a sort of nerd, but he's not just a typical nerd. He's one extra. He's, he's yeah, he's one step further.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm definitely interested to check it out and see how it goes.
2: Um, So I guess you were just sort of talking about, I don't know, I guess, risque, British humor. I'm thinking the in-betweeners, stuff like that. Like, where, where would you say it fits on the spectrum?
1: Uh, well, the in-betweeners, uh, I love the in-betweeners, uh, but it wouldn't quite be as crass, if, uh, mm. for, yeah, for okay. want of a better word.
0: Crass, I think, is the perfect word yes, to describe it's, the uh, I agree, that's a great word. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, so Father Ted wouldn't swear as much, and when they do, they sort of make it, uh, you know, they do it in a very sort of pointed way to make that the joke, if you want to understand, like that, uh, because they don't swear every five seconds. They, yeah. Um, when they do, it is much funnier. Uh, so, what they do is, as well, because the TV, uh, the TV rules were a bit stricter with swearing back then, mm. uh, instead of saying, uh, do you, do you do swear on the podcast? By the way. Oh yeah, yeah we've yeah. got our explicit yeah. tags, so feel free. <laughs> well, instead of saying fuck, for example, uh, they would say feck, f-e-c-k, which is um, you know. It's, oh, it's, they it's really Irish it
0: up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So if if uh, you met Irish people, you probably know that that's a, a lot of people just say feck. Just there's a cleaner way of saying fuck when you're when you're not mood, You know. Mm. Um, uh, it'd be probably closer to maybe a faulty towers than yeah. in between ears. Okay. Uh, okay. And that, like, and not again, it's the bigger characters um, in a sort of smaller world, if you understand.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I just want to ask: Should we just go to the start and and watch as much as we can from there, or or is there you know is this one of those shows where we'd be well off jumping into season two or something?
1: Uh, well, that that's what I was just about to say. It is I mean, there's there's twenty five, uh, sorry, twenty four half hour episodes, uh, well about twenty five minutes or or so. Okay. Uh, plus a Christmas special. Uh, I don't know if you'd have the time to watch all of them, uh, but if you didn't, um, I did have a top ten episodes for for the podcast. Which, even though I had t- out of twenty four episodes, I picked ten of them. People were still complaining that some episodes weren't in it. That's just how <laughs> high the quality was. Uh, but I would suggest if you don't have time to do the whole the whole twenty five episodes, I would suggest doing the top ten anyway. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we've
0: done we've done more of American shows where there's fucking four hundred episodes and they're all an hour oh. long in one season. <laughs> I reckon oh, okay, we'll get to it, enough, but, but we'll uh, <laughs> we'll publish it in our show notes too for any of our listeners who don't think they have the time to keep up with it all.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, the the top five episodes that we finally came up with are are probably a very good reflection of the humor of Father Ted, but you do you are actually missing out on so much more as well yeah. if you only ever watch those five. But yeah. uh, it's, a good, it's a good place to start off on if people haven't heard it and they want to sort of get into it. All right, cool.
0: Awesome. All right, we'll brilliant. meet back again in two weeks.
1: Fantastic, yeah.
0: All right, so it's that time of the podcast again where I tell you to stop your podcasting device and go off and watch Father Ted. We'll be waiting right here for you when you get back, so pause it now. And now that you're back, let's continue with the episode. And we are back two weeks later. Two weeks of intense Father Ted watching later. <laughs> <sighs> um, so the way we usually run it is we'll start off with like a little plot summary, but I don't know if that's really relevant. For Father Ted, it seems a bit weird to do a plot summary of a sitcom well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I
2: mean the setting the setting's what we should bring up, but it was sort of already covered, um yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's three it's three misfit priests on a misfit island <laughs> getting up to shenanigans, I guess,
0: yeah, involving a lot of other misfit characters as well, um <laughs> yeah, all right i'm gonna it. I'll start us off with my thoughts about the show. I did quite like the show, but I feel like it took. Season one to really find its feet. I think season one, and maybe this is blasphemy, um, James. Don't don't kill me if if <laughs> if I didn't like season one as much. But I feel like it was a bit um, hit and miss with some of the episodes, and then season two and three just like really got into the the good shit. Uh, no, it's it's that's, it. that's
1: pretty fair. I do have the Ouija board sitting ready here in case you do say something blasphemous, so I can just ban you to <laughs> like something. But. Uh... <laughs>
0: If the spirits tell me that I'm doing something wrong,
1: please let me know. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, that, that's pretty. That's a pretty fair assessment uh, of of the show as a whole. Um, I don't know if you agree, Elliot. Um, the when we did the the ten, you know, the top ten episodes, uh, we, mm. we found that only two of them were from season one. Um, the episode with, three, with the three bishops and the episode following it with the drunk former BBC presenter. Mm. Uh, And apart from that, the rest were mostly actually from season two and only three from season three. So season two is probably the highlight uh, and the more timeless episodes were definitely from those series.
0: Mm. Oh, I I like season three quite a lot as well. I think the one episode in season one that I thought was really like indicative of the quality that we hit was the one about the movie that came out and they like a a forced to protest the movie by the church. Yes. Um yeah that was I thought that was a really good episode um but I think the reason I didn't like season one as much was this was something that they did a lot of jokes where each character would have their kind of niche joke right so um uh Dougal's, Dougal's kind of joke was that he was really stupid and they played off of that in a lot of different ways and there's um Father Jack's joke is that he basically only says three or four different words in combination. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Mrs. Doyle's joke is that she is very pushy with offering people tea, right? Yeah. And I feel like those they really pushed those jokes really hard in season one. And I'd compare it to like in Family Guy. There's that joke that they always do where he where where Peter Griffin like hurts his knee and he's just sitting there for like. Ten minutes rocking back and forth, making noises about how his knee was hurt, yeah, and that's of kind of what the Father Jack and Mrs. Doyle especially felt like to me in season one. but then in season two and three, they kept doing that, but I don't know, it just clicked, and it just kind of worked. It was very strange i
2: I almost thought i I actually noticed something a bit similar like i thought I thought the jokes changed up a bit more, so I sort of felt that particularly in the first half of season one everything to do with Father Jack was basically just the fact that he was sitting there being angry, whereas then I felt later on they actually started to do stuff with that. Mm, so yeah. he was angry about specific things, or he had particular reactions. It was almost like it was almost my and particularly Dougal mm. um, almost went through a sort of reverse flanderization Yeah, to, uh, normally yeah. in sitcoms as as characters sort of go on, they tend to just get reduced to a few of their most crazy traits like i almost yeah. felt like in this show it kind of did the opposite and i like and yeah that was why i sort of was starting to enjoy it more and more as it went on as well yeah
3: uh no i think both those uh both of what you're saying is actually probably probably reasonably fair um certainly certainly the uh mrs doyle she she was known for yeah. having a catchphrase uh i go on <laughs> as in she would offer somebody to i go on yeah. i go on i go on uh, it went, you know, it went around the country for you know months or actually years that uh, that was her catchphrase. But on the podcast, we didn't actually a count to see how many times she said it, uh, and she only actually said <laughs> it in six episodes. But they did, as you say, push the character mm-hmm. trope. Uh, it's just they were a bit more creative yeah. than just saying uh, "go on." But but you're right uh, in regards to Dougal, uh D de- Ned, de- Ned Flandersizations. Yeah. Is, is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, they 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 do they do try and they try and grow the characters. I mean. Um, Certainly what I, what I noticed uh, for between season one and season three with Dougal is that he got a lot more mischievous and um, mm. they definitely kept his childlike, uh, childlike qualities, but whereas a bit more innocently childlike in season one, sort of Ted's uh, bad influence on him over the course of the series sort of turned him into a very yeah. sort of devious character. <laughs> yeah in the episode where he has a sort of rival as the sort of man-child um Owen mclove oh yes he was out very pertinently you know when, when there's a sort of zombie apocalypse of old age pensioners and he just locks them out of the house
0: i should mention at this point i've i've watched all three seasons but i think elliot only got up to where'd you get up to elliot
2: i i got up to right at the end of season two
0: so you haven't right, seen okay. the old lady zombie invasion yet. no
2: but that that sounds awesome uh, i do plan on on it finishing was it up. episode um but yeah I only, I only got through two seasons
3: so far well uh, you're actually you're actually missing the episode then that won our poll um which is uh, a parody of speed uh, the movie speed mm-hmm. uh, where a milk float is uh, got a bomb <laughs> put on it and it can't go below four miles per hour uh <laughs> and yeah. that that is that is far and away the one of the most popular episodes ever so i, I would i would implore you to get off that elliot even in your own spare time at some point
2: yeah, yeah. i'll probably i'll probably watch the all of them. I'll watch all the rest. So I think I've got nine left. I'm up to the
3: Christmas special one. Ah, oh, fantastic! So yeah,
0: <laughs> that was a, The Christmas special. I'm surprised that didn't make it into your top five lists. I I thought that was really, I I really liked that episode. I thought it was probably
3: one of the best. Uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of people have said that to me since. Actually, uh, the only reason it didn't uh, go through is because I started. I, I did the list after I finished uh, covering all the episodes, and I was going to cover the Christmas episode for Christmas. Uh, so it just wasn't. I just hadn't watched it yet and hadn't done a podcast. Oh, uh, I see. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have said that it, it it's a brilliant, um, it's a brilliant episode of TV, but it's also and only had very passing references to Christmas. But it did have the the classic <laughs> setup of uh, the, the three priests or the, the bunch of priests caught in the laundry, the largest laundry Yeah, that was an amazing segment.
0: It felt like they they. I feel like one of the reasons season two and season three were more successful was because. They started going into this like genre parody kind of style, where, um, for example, in the Christmas special, they go into like a kind of war documentary or war film kind of genre parody, and we already mentioned the zombie film genre parody kind of thing. They it felt a bit like they were more targeted with what they were trying to do in the later seasons.
3: Uh, yeah, certainly. Yeah, I mean, throughout the show, they did have um, they did have a lot of references to films, uh, sort of before. It became, you know, it sort of wrote by now, but apart from, like, back then, it would only really have been The Simpsons and a few other sort of shows that would have been doing that sort of thing so uh, so blatantly. Mm. But in season two and three, yeah, they certainly they certainly went ahead and took a took an idea and sort of ran with it. Uh, one thing I hadn't noticed until I went through the podcast is how much uh, horror movie references they went through. Yeah.
0: They have this running theme where Dougal will often want to try and watch these horror movies, and they're just completely inappropriate for him to watch because he yeah. he's he's so childlike that he just can't handle it. And I thought that was a really good. There are a lot of really good running jokes that, that started really getting to me throughout uh, season two. Like, uh, I think my favorite one was there was a father who they never interacted with. The only thing that happened was Ted would sometimes call him on his mobile phone. Yeah. And every time that happened, he would get in some kind of horrific accident, <laughs> which I really yes. liked. Uh,
3: that, that was Larry Duff, yes, uh, who, who made his on timely end eventually, yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that was good stuff.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know, I it was so weird to me because I was watching season one and it was like, there's a lot of stuff that I, that, that just didn't click with me at all. And then the first, even from the first episode of season two, it was just like switching a light where everything suddenly was like, it, it, there were still the same characters and they were still making kind of jokes in the same wheelhouse, but it just kind of clicked a lot better for me. I'm not sure what it was. So yeah, that's, that's
2: interesting. Cause I didn't have, I didn't, well, I, I didn't have that Well, I sort of did, but about halfway through season one. So mm. I I sort of felt like it took, and I don't know if it was the show or or if it was me because often with sitcoms it it's it's a lot about the characters and so you've sort of got to warm up to them as well yeah um and so I don't know I don't know if it was that but yeah it took me to about you know three or four episodes in before I sort of really felt like it was it was hitting all the marks
3: yeah but uh, I, I yeah. don't know whether that was me uh no I think I think that's a reasonably as I said that's a reasonably fair assessment book of you have had it is, there's a bit more, you have to sort of replace yourself or your thinking a wee bit more. uh, And when you you do, you sort of, you're a bit more amenable to what's happening then. It is, like, as I said, it might be a bit harder to get on board with it.
0: Yeah, I feel like um, Ted's character in particular is one that is a bit more layered than you would first expect. I mean, he's come, he's on this island because he was punished for some kind of unnamed financial fraud, right? Um, And that comes up a lot, but... He's actually quite good at his job and quite a respectable person at times. And then at other times, he's like a total shitbag. bag, <laughs> which is great. Like there are times where he'll give really good sermons or he will do things really competently, like in the Christmas episode where he kind of navigates the PR hurdle of all these priests being stuck in a woman's lingerie section in a department yeah. store and he handles it really competently. And then there's other times where he'll um, save someone who is suicidal and then, it's kind of revealed that he only really did that to get $20 off of him that he owed him. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's very bizarre. I feel like his character has a lot of weird layers and kind of strange motivations that are really interesting to watch.
3: Uh, yeah, well, certainly. I mean, there was uh, the financial uh, the financial fraud, as you as you mentioned, uh, the, the running line was, the money was only resting in my account. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> uh, immediately everyone, like if you said that in Ireland, everyone immediately knows what you're chatting about, uh, just saying that line. Uh yeah, so Chad was uh, generally motivated by greed and um, and just to a certain extent, but not a great one. Like Lost as well, which are obviously mm. all no nos for a priest who's supposed to be preaching. You know, mm. a higher, um, you know, a higher, uh, higher form of living.
0: Yeah, that kind of applies to to all the priests on Craggy Island. Dougal has a lot of jokes where he is talking about how unbelievable and ridiculous Catholicism is on the whole. Yeah, well, there's
2: there's the one with the three bishops where he he converts the bishop to atheism and the episode yeah. ends with the bishop just like leaving for India like
0: on, on like a hippie party bus kind of thing yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I think by the end of the series Dougal really quickly became my favorite character just because of his kind of like childlike naivete and like mischievousness combined with just like the fact that he was just kind of a good dude and just wanted to try and do the right thing yeah um before we go to off topic I reckon we should uh talk about we should wrap it up and do our ratings for Father Ted. Yeah, yeah. I guess my summary is just like I don't know. I really liked it. Season two and three, it was like basically nonstop making me laugh, even with yeah. just these completely absurd things like uh Dougal playing. At one point, Dougal plays a record that's just sound effects, and this, these kind of sound effects play over this entire scene, and it's just like yeah. <laughs> just bizarre stuff that's really, really funny. Even though it, it I don't know um although i didn't like season one as much i felt like season two and three really redeemed it so I, i'd give it like a, a seven and a half or an eight out of ten for sure what do you think elliot
2: i i think the same obviously from from the sounds of it like i haven't seen season three but it sort of sounds like that's that's a huge part of it as well mm. so i was gonna give it yeah, it's, it's like seven and a half probably Very
0: tentative <laughs> um
2: <laughs> yeah uh i also you know i often sort of like to compare it to other things and the comparison's definitely here for for um the the later works, so, like IT Crowd and stuff. Like, oh yeah, for sure. You know, Do- Dougal. I thought I thought Dougal was very reminiscent of Moss in a lot of ways. From yeah. The IT Crowd.
0: Although Moss is a bit more savant and a bit less idiot in a lot of ways.
2: I think. Well, but but often Moss's humor was built around how oblivious he was to social cues and stuff. And there was a mm. there was there was just as much of that with Dougal as well as just his raw stupidity.
0: <laughs> True.
2: Um. But yeah, um, no, you can definitely, it's it's interesting going back and watching this, being a big fan of things like The IT Crowd, and you can see the influence this yeah. sort of had on on the later works yeah. um, that they did.
0: You can definitely see the roots. Um, I'd say for people wondering whether they should watch it or not, I mean, definitely do, especially if you're a fan of like The IT Crowd or Black Books or, or some of Graham, Graham Linehan's other works, because it's very reminiscent of that for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And thus the curtain closes on another episode of Media M D. <sighs> don't worry guys. Don't be sad. We'll see you next fortnight. We'll still be here just on your phone waiting waiting to push that upload button or whatever we do at Media M D. Um I got a bit sidetracked here. We're Media M D. Hi. Nice to meet you. Uh we have a website if you want to come engage with us, which after listening to that, I don't know why you would, but if you want to, <laughs> it's at www.mediamdpodcast.com and you can send us an email you can check out our twitter or our facebook i think we're up to one follower now so that's pretty good we're really getting up there um no that's we have more than one don't worry i won't say how what? low it is because it Three? is quite low but it's well t- it's slightly slightly <laughs> it's a tiny bit higher you're close okay four um ooh. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to pretend that we don't um, have four (laughs) followers on Twitter because that breaks my heart. Uh, What are we talking about next week, Elliot? Next Fortnite? I've already forgotten. Oh, The Adventure Zone. Yeah. So next Fortnite, we'll be checking out the McElroy Brothers show podcast thing, Dungeons & Dragons comedy thing called The Adventure Zone. So check that out if you want and uh, meet you back on your phone in two weeks. See you then. Alright, that one got a bit away from us, didn't it? Uh, alright, let's stop the recording.